What the kind of person to say a toe to so? But you know what? A toe to so. A fucking a toe to so. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Who would have thunk it? It turns out that overregulation isn't good for squashing a black market in a legal state. I'm going to read this article from Marijuana Moment. Overregulation drives a legal marijuana market in legal states, study suggests. Written by Kimberly Lawson. Excessive state regulations may be the reason illegal marijuana markets continue to exist after legalization. A new exploratory study found that after looking at data from the first two U.S. legal states and cannabis prohibition, the qualitative analysis of news reports reveals that regulation is one of the main reasons that people stay in the illicit market, the paper states. Quote, the comparison of marijuana crime trends in Colorado and Washington show mixed findings. While marijuana offense rates in Colorado largely remain steady over the years, those in Washington increased dramatically after the implementation of more intensive regulations. Published in July, the research is the master thesis of Skang Siang Song, a graduate student of criminology and criminal justice department of Portland State University. Song writes that he was interested in understanding why the unregulated market persists in states where cannabis is legal. Since growers, sellers, and consumers have legitimate channels to produce, trade, and obtain cannabis, these illegal avenues should presumably diminish. Yet, research shows they haven't disappeared altogether. Last year, one report found that 18% of cannabis consumers in California said they purchased marijuana products from an unlicensed seller. For his analysis, Song investigated whether there was an association with how intense state cannabis-related regulations are and the extent of the remaining illegal black market. First, he reviewed news articles published between late 2013 and April 2019 featuring interviews with cultivators, sellers, consumers who shared the various reasons why they remain in the unregulated market. He then looked into whether marijuana arrest rates changed the first, in the first two legal states after new sets of regulations were installed. In Washington, he used June 2016 as the invention, invent, intervention point, and in Colorado, he used November 2015 and January 2017 as the invention points. In 20, as the intervention points. In 2017, for example, Colorado state lawmakers passed new rules regarding labeling and packaging of all containers holding marijuana flour and trim, concentrates, and other products. According to the study, the reasons most people said they grew or sold marijuana legally were strict regulations and the high cost of 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 associated with compliance. See, told you. Shout out to Grassachusetts. When you make it so only millionaires can get in the game, then only millionaires are going to get in the game. The craft cannabis people are going to be locked out. And they're not going to just stop selling weed the, the second it becomes legal in a state. 
they're going to continue selling to their customers that were buying unregulated cannabis before it was legalized. They're going to continue doing it. You know, they're not going to just stop doing what they were doing to make a living. They're going to continue um, profiting off this overregulation and profiting off the high prices of cannabis. When I have to pay or someone else has to pay um, 20 per legal gram, guess what they're going to go and do? They're going to they're going to continue buying from their gal or their guy or their caregiver. That's what's going to happen. They're not going to they're not going to go broke for legal cannabis. You know, it just it just isn't worth it for a lot of people right now. So you just say you have to make the barriers of entry low. You have to make the prices low to squash a black market. And I don't get why regulators don't get that. Over two thirds of recording units, 68 percent and equals 115 contains interviews and quotations from black market participants stating the reason the paper states terms such as overregulation, casting compliance, high taxes are frequently used in the headlines and text to describe barriers for small producers to enter the legal market or drive them to the black market. Other reasons for staying in the illegal marijuana market included high taxes, market fluctuations, and organized crime. Using an interrupted time series analysis, Song also found that Washington crime rate increase after the state introduced more regulations. In 2014 and 2015, the marijuana crime rates of per 100,000 residents were both at 26, he writes. This number was increased to more than 28 incidents per 100,000 residents in 2016. In 2017, a total of 2,628 marijuana crimes were reported by law enforcement agencies in Washington, making the annual crime rates 35.96 per capita. Colorado, on the other hand, did not see significant short or long-term changes to its cannabis-related crime rates after the state implemented new marijuana regulations. Although the findings are not conclusive, the results of Washington data show that regulation intensity may be one of the main factors that influences or explains the persistence of illegal cannabis transactions after the legalization, the study states. The fact that Washington's marijuana black market kept growing after the implementation of more complex and sophisticated regulations at least indicates a correlation between regulation intensity and the increase of black market in the case of Washington. The fact that similar findings were not reported in Colorado, the study continues, suggests that the magnitude of illicit marijuana activities may be affected by regulation intensity in some states. Ultimately, the author points out, these results raise questions about the possible adverse effects of intensive regulations to researchers and policymakers. If one of the goals in marijuana legalization is to eliminate the unregulated market song rights, it is important for lawmakers to consider the implications of unnecessary strict state rules. Instead, they should focus on creating an equitable and accessible market that allows the coexistence of both large and small businesses. Ultimately, the cost of compliance to regulations should be reduced to remove the barriers of establishing a legal marijuana business, Song concludes, adding that further 
that future policies should also pay more attention to cracking down on persistent illegal growers and sellers and organized crime groups who are unwilling to participate in the legal market. End of article. When you keep barriers low or when you do what you can on a local level or when or when local governments and in um, state regulators who are in charge of cannabis boards do all they can to bring the legacy market into the fold and make it as easy as possible for them to get into the legal market, you know, not making not making it millions of dollars in between hiring lawyers to be in compliance with these laws, um, making it so local local city governments could extort the the, the ever living daylights out of out, out of um, aspiring companies, um, making it so there has to be all these packaging requirements, making it so there has to be all these fees paid at the local level. Shout out to Saskatchewan, um, their their government officials in their government lowered the fees of renewal from several thousand to just i believe a couple hundred or something like that but that goes a long way in making it so people trying to get in the market can stay in the market and making it so new people who want to go legal are incentivized to do so um i'm going to try to put some i'm going to put this article in the show notes i'm also going to put um, previous episodes like this in the show notes referencing the failure of big cannabis and the failure of East Coast um, cannabis, both on the medical level and on the adult use level. And um, as usual, I hope you guys got a lot out of this. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support and expand our humble little project, there are a few ways you can support us. We plan on doing Big and humble little things with our projects, such as getting to trade shows, visiting other MMJ and recreational states, and doing on-field work. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, and equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. You can also... Support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa Podcasts. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have $5 and $10 tiers if you're feeling extra generous. And those come with their own benefits too. And um, if you subscribe to the the 10 and above tier, you you get some personal time if you're over 21 with Mr. Sativa. So, you know, you can chat with me on Discord. You know, we can have 15-minute one-on-one time. So you get you get exclusive episodes. You get early releases when you join these tiers. And you can also subscribe and find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Follow us on socials at um on, on Twitter, for example, at IC Sativa Podcast and on Instagram at I am Cannabis Sativa. And as always, stay medicated, my friends. Peace.